Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Hello and To Do. I'm Mathis and I'm over here with Anna. Hi. Who's our guest this week and on the other line. Hey guys. Yeah, we have the other guy. (laughs) What's your name again? Uh, You know, sometimes I like to go by John, you know, but depends on the day. I don't like it. Okay, you can call me uh, (laughs) Frederick. (laughs) Fred. (laughs) All right, so me, Frederick, and Anna today. Yes. Talked about a lot of great stuff. We had a really fun episode. Anna's been a guest a few times. It's always a blast. Uh, yeah. John, not Frederick, is going to tell you yes. what we talked about. Okay. So we talk about uh, a few movie things. Uh, I saw Fantastic Beasts, so I talk about that. We talk about the movie Arrival, which we all saw. We it's amazing. talk so about good. the newest addition to the Han Solo movie. And then Ooh. we. <laughs> that leads into. Uh, Mathis and Anna talking about their experience filming their short film in Mexico, which they just got done filming uh, yesterday. They made a movie. They made a movie. So they give us kind of the deets on that and what they learned from it and what the experience was like. And then we wrap up the episode with uh, a conversation about an article that I found or that my mom sent me. And it revolves around the idea of you being you, essentially. Um, and you. Yeah. Which is a bigger topic than it sounds yeah, it really like, is. which typically happens, I think, on this, on this yeah. show. And this it's show. actually it's actually yeah. a really good conversation. So I hope you guys tune into the end. And if you guys don't like the movie stuff, just skip to the end. You know? <laughs> That's the first time we've ever said that. I know, but we should probably do it more. You know? We should do it more, yeah. yeah. If you're not into movie stuff, yeah, it's just not all skip we ahead. talk about. No, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. the end's always uh, a good thing to listen to. So hopefully you stick it's around. Cherry on top. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Oh, yeah. Anyways... Hey. Yeah, if you want us to discuss anything uh, particular on the show, we we accept, 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 accept. <laughs> all accept. sorts of thingamadoos, and you can email us those tweet at helloandadoo at gmail.com. Yeah, you can tweet us at helloandadoo as well. Uh-huh. That's H-E-L-L-O-A-N-D-A-D-I-E-U at gmail.com or on Twitter, and... Yeah, you can rate, subscribe, and review us on iTunes. It'll help other people find the podcast and, and let people know it's worth listening to. Share it with your friends. For sure. Yeah. Your tell, tell your friends. Yep, enjoy. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to hello. this week's episode. Yeah. I feel like we do that we, every week, too. It's either hello or... We sure do. Hello. Hello. It's either Medea or that. <laughs> Whatever that is. We should come up with yeah. a character name for that one. Yeah. So, you have someone next to you. I do, yeah. So this week, we have Anna on. Say hi, Anna. Hi, guys. It's Anna. <laughs> <laughs> if you've... If you've been listening for a while, she pops in every now and then and mm-hmm. and does things with us on the podcast. Does but <laughs> but this week, say, what are you going to say? Nothing. Did you say best things? No. no. <laughs> does things on the podcast. Oh. Not the best things on the podcast. I was like, Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. I would say right. they're the best segments on the podcast. But right, yeah. Us, that's just us my too. opinion. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> So it's been a crazy week for you guys, which we'll yeah. get into. I'm actually, um, I'm actually sitting with Anna, which is the first time that we've done that with the podcast. 
Yeah. So yes. Every other time she has either Skyped in or sent us segments, but we're actually here together. And like you said, John, we'll talk yes. about that later. We are here. Yes. We are here. We are the here. The suspense is here. killing everyone. But first, let's talk a little bit of movie news. There's there's one important movie that came out this week that uh, only John saw. Yes. But we're going to hear about hey, his opinion on it. Hey, y'all. Yep. Yeah. Um, Guys, it's Fantastic Beast. Of course Can I is. get an amen? Anyone? Amen. I wanted okay. to go see that. God bless but... you. <laughs> yeah. This well, guy right next to me was like, nah. <laughs> nah, I'm okay. So I was going to bring my wand to the movie theater, but I didn't. I withheld. How many um, times have you done that, though? Like three, probably? I've never actually brought my wand. I have. What? Uh, Wait, what? What kind of wizard are you? <laughs> like, oh, right. Well, I concealed it. Um, <laughs> no, I usually just. <laughs> I usually just like wear something uh, Harry Pottery, but not this time. It's Why okay. I'm an adult now. So. Well, did you go with anybody who would have dressed up with you? Because that changes it. I went with my mother. So uh, see, no. there you go. Okay. Yeah. That's acceptable, yeah. I would say. That being said, if and you we went with me, six PM on a Thursday, I wouldn't have accepted so. you to dress up either. If you went with me, I would have dressed up with you. So. I know, I know you would have, Anna. That's why yeah. I like you. Thanks, um, thanks, bro. But anyways, but, but anyways, um, how was it? Yeah, I really liked it, and I mean, it's so different, and it's hard to really explain until you see it. But the story is obviously different. There's no yeah. Harry Potter in it. Yeah, but. It's such a different feel to it, A, because um, there's not this huge ensemble. There's this kind of mini ensemble, which really changes the tone a bit. Because in Harry Potter, there's a cast of like 7,000. Um, <laughs> hundreds of characters hundreds with backstories and, and, and arcs. Um, yeah, little plot lines in there. Exactly. In this one, there's really only four main people. And it's just it's such like a family feeling between the, these like four cast members. That it's like okay. it's actually very warm-hearted and it's really funny. Um, there's a lot of funny things that happen with like the Fantastic Beasts because they all have like their own character in and of themselves. Okay. So um, sounds like that's How to really Train funny. Your Dragon to me. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was it was really good. And at the end, you kind of they do kind of start setting up where the storylines are gonna go. The next hundred films are gonna go? The next 100 films, they're setting it up. Um, I just wish they would have waited a little bit for them to like revive the franchise, you know? Mm, John I doesn't disagree. agree. <laughs> yep, I, it's been too long. Um, but <laughs> I love Harry but Potter, what, and I want more Harry Potter, but it, it just... Well, clearly you don't. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say, like that's not what years. it sounds like. <laughs> well, just looking at it from like a business point of view, like, it would have been so much more better but, for them to wait. But a here's the years. thing. What I like about it is it's a completely different story. I mean, there's really yeah. no reference to the other series except through like Dumbledore and Grindelwald. Right. Yeah. And really only Dumbledore is mentioned like once. And really Grindelwald's not even in the other ones. He's just mentioned once in the other series. So really that's the only connection. What I like about this series in itself is we're going to find out all like all of these things about the American wizarding world. That's why which I'm is something excited. That which is something we're just getting into through Pottermore and J.K. Rowling is just releasing these, you know, these little snippets to get people excited. Um, and I'm really excited for it. Uh, and you kind of, you don't really get anything in this movie in regards to it, but they do mention, you know, the, the American school. And hmm. if, okay. have you guys read up on like Pottermore at all on the American stuff? I joined in on Pottermore a little just bit. to see what which house I was going to be in. Of course I haven't. Yes, I did that too. <laughs> yes. Mathis, no. And, um, do you know what your Patronus and, is? 
<laughs> I don't know. Um, mine, two. Mine is two. Okay, wow. yeah. That wasn't even close because Patronuses are animals. <laughs> mine is animal two. Oh, I loved animal two in um, We Bought a Zoo. Um, so, <laughs> oh my gosh. What was I going to say? Um, um, well, oh, because yeah. I haven't really read up on the Pottermore stuff a whole lot. A, because I kind of want it to be a bit of a of not surprise, but I don't want to know everything. But one thing I did read into on Pottermore is they talked about, you know, there's like this main girl who, and I don't even remember what her story was, but what was fun about that is having that little snippet of information and then watching this movie, trying to see if they tried to like put her in at some point or like, they're going to elude that like, this is the girl that kind of makes the American wizarding world story. Cause there, yeah. there is like mm-hmm. one family that, you know, they talk about in the Pottermore thing. Um, well, that's the, that's the fun thing with with uh, viral campaigning for films now. If you do it right, and you don't say anything about the film, but you give somebody something to chew on that has nothing to do with the plot, then you're on the right track. Like uh, Prometheus or uh, the Colderfield series, which we've talked or about. Or the Blair the, Witch, the original Blair Witch, with their marketing campaign. Did they? They were the first ones to do it. They were the first. What well, did they I do? Don't think, the last. I don't think they were the first ones, but they're the ones who kind of like came up with the whole idea of creating a transmedia for your movie as a marketing campaign. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because they but, had a website up, right, and they would yeah. post, like, live updates of uh, oh. people. When they were making it? When they were in post or when they were about to release it? When or? they were about to release it of these people in the right. woods. So that's why a bunch of people thought that uh, the movie was actually, like, like, a legitimate thing right. because they would update, do, like, live updates and put pictures on the website as if they were actually camping looking for the witches so one other thing about this new series is they do uh introduce different elements that we don't even get in the harry potter world in regards to like magic and um even like darker you know elements and you would think that they would kind of use the darker elements of harry potter and bring it into this one but there is so many different um elements that we haven't seen yet and so that's really why I liked it. And whenever the wands came out, it was just so exciting. You know, <laughs> How is just Eddie? The, yeah. he was amazing. Is yeah. he British amazing. in the movie or American? He's British. Oh. Is there like some immigration subplot to this? Yeah, yes. I mean, really what it is, is the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie. He's coming into New York to um, find out about some and or some magical creature from someone. It was something like that. That's awesome. Um, that's really yeah. cool. Can Historical wait. fiction is awesome. I like that. It's like Brooklyn with wands. It, well, he's writing. Uh, with this is wands. what he's writing a book about magical animals. I so, did know that. Yeah. Fantastic beasts and where to find them. That, so. Okay. Last question. I just yes. saw a clip from the movie, and I didn't like the way the animals looked. Had they looked to you? I, what didn't you like about them? I thought they looked really fake, like sort of oh. when you go from Lord of the Rings to The Hobbit and you're like, I don't know how yes, that I know digressed, what you mean. but There's, it did. Yeah, there is an element where you think they could have done better. <laughs> but yeah. at some point, like I know, I think I've said this before, at least to you, like there's some element where you don't want it to look too real, at least in my mind. At least as a viewer, I'm okay with it. I, not I being see where as you're realistic. coming from because you yeah. want it to look pretty and... Sometimes real life's it, not as pretty as doing something a little more stylized. And plus, it can't yeah, be and too I'm, real because they're a fantastic beast, you know? Right. But at the same time, it's like, why wouldn't we try to make them look a little more real? You yeah. Know? And they did look real, but 
you knew that they were fake. I think I right. think there's a line, you know, kind of like in in Noah in the Aronofsky film where the animal that were fantastic animal looked too real, and you're like, yeah, I'm not thinking. You're like, this. no, thank you. Like thank for you that, it didn't no bother thanks. me though. It really bothered me, but I know I know you really like Noah, so we're not gonna get into that. <laughs> All Everyone the animals on this are Every- fake on Noah. But, they just didn't oh. know what to spend their budget on. They were like, what else can we spend money on? Mm. Every, everyone on this podcast, what? What? I was going to say, everyone that listens to this podcast loves the new Noah movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kirk it. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, but you guys did see a movie this week. Right. And I saw we it last did. weekend. And it was Arrival. Yeah. That's, we are arriving. That's the movie when Anna said, we didn't see Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, not seeing that. It was because... We were I got seeing bri- Rival. I got bribed with popcorn to go see it. Yeah. You know, I respect that. I do. <laughs> That's not a I dirty respect- bribe. Were there raisinets? No. Ooh. There was coffee, though, well, so then. I think that kind of... Okay, you won me back. <laughs> After the raisinets, I was backing uh, away, but then the coffee came, and I was like, yeah. I'm back. Um, but oh. I was glad I saw it, because it was amazing. If you guys remember, when we talked about the trailer, yeah. I talked about how I was not excited for it, because I thought I it forgot looked- about that. Yeah, because I thought it looked like every other alien invasion movie. And I put invasion in quotes because obviously in the trailer, it was just like a spaceship had landed. Yeah. Um, It didn't look any different to me. It didn't look unique. It didn't look like anything we hadn't seen before. Yeah. But I now understand why they kind of did it that way because they didn't want to give away how different it is from all the other movies. Yeah. And plus, I think the trailer was just a bad trailer because I didn't remember anything. Like in the middle of the movie was like, that this was oh i hate watching trailers because they like screw up the movie for you and i was like i don't even remember the trailer for this like yeah i mean i i personally you're right i know why they did the trailer the way they did but i also was like i wish i hadn't seen the trailer because there were certain things that i wish i didn't know yeah were coming but i still think that it's not terribly revealing i'll say um but yeah i i where would you Obviously, we're not at the end of the year yet, and we haven't really had enough time to fully mm-hmm. process through it. But where do you think this movie lands? Like, is this one of the best movies you've seen this year? Because it for sure um, is for me. I don't know. I would definitely have to look at the list. It, my my mm-hmm. first thought is no. Okay. Um, I really did enjoy it, and I enjoyed where the story went and kind of the shock value of the end. But I wouldn't say that it was, like, one of my favorite movies. Um I don't know. I, I would honestly have to write. I don't even remember any movies that came out this year because they were so every time. Every <laughs> time I talk to you, <laughs> you're I like, I don't know what came out this year. I don't know. I, mean, I know Civil War came out. And that's it. <laughs> exactly. Civil War. Oh, you're useless. No. You're such a I nerd. know, right? Then again, like, I feel like it's too early to call it, like, was this a really good film or not? Like, because all yes. the good movies are getting released, like, this mm, month and mm. next month. Well, and uh, I think that this specific film has a very specific audience. Because I was telling Mathis, I went with my two boy cousins, my brother-in-law, and my dad. And really, they weren't fans of it. And I was the only one like, I really liked it. And they were like, eh. So it's like, I there's it, definitely you just a specific you have audience. To be in the mood. You, ha- you do have to be in the mood. You have to be in the mood for aliens. You have to be in the mood to think. And you have to be awake. Because yeah. I was kind of a little tired and at the beginning. I was a li- almost falling asleep just because the setup was a little slow. Not that it was bad, just a little slow. 
it worked. Like, I feel like it had to be a little slow for the movie to play off the way it does. It, it, it does, yeah. It, it, but you need that coffee. Yeah. You <laughs> and raisinets. And raisinets, yeah. And popcorn. I feel like that's and popcorn. The, the Put the raisinets popcorn. in the popcorn. Ah, people ah, do that. I've done that. People do do that, and I'm not a fan. I've Isn't that what they do in Whiplash? Doesn't he mix up the candy inside of the popcorn? And I've done I think that so. with M and M's. Yeah. I've done that with M and M's and popcorn. It just gets your. Oh, we don't have to get into it. <laughs> yeah. um, anyways, too, too many details. <laughs> I do think Arrival was really, really good. Amy Adams was terrific. Like she did a great performance. She was really good. I love her. Jeremy, Jeremy Renner was even. He was amazing. Yeah. But oh, wow. you Amy Adams. Excited about yeah. this duo. Amy Adams is a show stealer, <laughs> I would say. And I'm not a fan of Amy Adams. I'm not either. But she was like. You guys are both the worst. I'll just say that right now. <laughs> Hey, we respect you and your opinions. She doesn't respect my opinions about Amy Adams. It's okay. Oh, we well, all make that's mistakes. She's not great. Everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> Everybody, Everybody has, has mistakes. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I do think Arrival, uh, the visual effects were incredible, I must say. Yes. Like right now, my money for the Academy, Academy Award for Best Visual Effects is on Arrival. But then again, I haven't oh. seen half of the movies that are going to be nominated. They so. don't usually nominate things that are actually Minimal. real looking yeah actually real looking exactly they're like "Ooh, mad max let's give it to that <laughs> exactly but we don't have a mad max this year i'm mm. kind of okay with that me too yeah, i feel you like you didn't like if mad you had max a, of course you're well, okay with here's that. the thing if you had a mad max every year then it wouldn't be special you're you know? right you're right you're yeah completely correct uh, my Thank money you. is in la la land to steal everything so is that out yet no well it's out oh, on it's festivals movie. but Christmas movie, is that what we said? Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I thought that was so funny. Yeah, I'm like, why the hell are you laughing? <laughs> the soundtrack is out now, and just like listening to the soundtrack is like this yeah, movie. This girl over here is like devouring the soundtrack, and I'm like, don't you want to wait to hear it? And she's no. like, no, So you not have time to listen to the soundtrack, but you don't have time to watch The Flash? <gasps> oh, guns a blazing! <laughs> oh. Well, no, it's different, because you can listen to the soundtrack while you're driving to places to go to meetings, but you can't watch The Flash while you're driving. You know what I mean? Yeah, you could. You and could, I would but crash. I respect your safe driving decision. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I watch think that's... Uh, well, watch Arrival. That's what I have to yeah. say. Yeah, I if people are super into movies, obviously, I don't think that it's um, for everybody. It's a um, little... It's just... I feel like if you've been a fan of Den- Dennis Villeneuve, exactly. is it Villeneuve? Uh, Villeneuve, I think. But v- 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 whatever, that guy. Vill- Villeneuve. He Villeneuve. did Enemy, it, Prisoner, Why don't you guys give Sicario. examples of what else they have done? Cause, yeah, yeah. Oh, Enemy, Prisoner, did. Sicario. <laughs> uh, what other movies did he do? Yeah, those are the ones. He's doing the yeah. new Blade Runner. Which... He's doing Blade Runner too. Is he directing it? Yeah. Yeah, and I think he's a perfect fit for yeah. that film. Also, do you guys watch, I know you don't really watch Walking Dead, Mathis, but do you watch Walking Dead at all? Sorry. It's okay. They casted someone from Walking Dead, and he's my literally least, least favorite person. For Walking Blade Dead. Runner 2? Mm-hmm. Who was it? Lenny James. I think that's his name. <laughs> he, he plays, <laughs> There's uh, so much sass in the way. Lenny James. <laughs> Lenny James. Crap, I already forgot his name. Uh, he's the guy with the stick in Walking Dead. With the stick? Yeah. I don't even know exactly. I'm, I'm lost over here. I'm sorry, I'll look John. up his name real quick, and you yeah. guys okay. keep going. But I mean, Sh- show have... us a picture to the camera, so then we can go, okay. oh. Morgan. I don't know why I forgot Morgan? his name. Morgan. Is that yeah. his real name, or his name no, is No, that's his character name. Oh, well, I only watched, like, the first season of The Walking Dead, so if he was... Oh, he's season. actually in the first season, and then he comes back. Spoilers. 
Oh well, it's okay now. We, it's the only fine. people who care we're, are we're too far up. gone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but we have the Gosling in the new Blade Runner. That guy? Yes. He's in the Walking Dead. <laughs> I remember him. I remember when he comes back too. Here's the thing. He's he's the type of actor which we've talked about before. The f- oh my god. Come <laughs> <laughs> down over there. Yeah, you, you. He's you the did type, have a real one. And uh, he's the type of an actor that he just looks like he's trying way too hard. I agree. He's a soap opera kind of yeah. kind of yes, level, especially with that damn stick. Like it looks so <laughs> fake. Like someone yeah. taught you how to use that, and you don't actually know. And he's taking it way too seriously. I know that he probably keeps it with him throughout the entire day. Oh my god! And like you're he's going like, right. huh, huh. Yeah, and he's like, exactly. like there's like craft services, and he's on the side practicing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, you're probably right. I he think. looks like that. I agree. He looks like yep. he carries that thing with him everywhere, and he's got a little bit too much devotion in a bad way. Exactly. Um, so, anyways, anyways, go can't see, wait to see him. <laughs> yeah, can't wait to see him. As in, as in Blade actually, Runner. Blade Runner. Don't want to see him. I have mixed feelings exactly. about Blade Runner too, to be honest. Blade Runner as well. Blade Runner two as well. Blade, Blade Runner, Runner two. twenty twenty. Blade Runner <laughs> two. Oh, okay. Twenty twenty. Um, T-W-O. It's just, I don't get why we need, like, a sequel. But at the same time, like... I don't know why we need all these live-action Disney movies we could get on that (laughs) (laughs) soap Dude, I I read an article this morning, and there was all the live-action ones that they're doing. Uh There's, like, 16. Yeah. Well, you know what I... a whole list. It's Marvel's fault. Like, they need, they want to get all these franchises alive and going. I don't think it's Marvel's fault. I think they're jumping on that wagon. I think what happened was... Who can we blame? Let's think of someone. <laughs> well, so I saw, the, I saw the Winnie the Pooh thing this morning, and I realized... Wait, no, wait, wait what? Winnie the Pooh's going to be a live action. How the well, hell? Christopher Robin. The I read Mark Foss, Far, Farster? Forster? Forster? Forster. Forster. I heard Mark Forster is going to direct a Winnie the Pooh live action That's movie. So yeah, dumb. I think it has to do about Christopher Robin. I'm sure they'll be in it. But I think it's Christopher Robin based because nobody cares about that. Exactly, yeah. nobody. Well, but what I realized for the first time, what I, what I was like, of course, like I real, like not in like a, of course they are kind of way, but like on a business yeah, level, I, they were like, the visual effects are at a point now where we can do this, and people are gonna show up, so let's do it right now before people stop showing up. And then yeah. I mean, it just clicked to me. I was like, okay. It's kind of like the way that superhero movies are all the same. I was like, okay, yeah. Just because it, it clicks, clicks with me now. Doesn't mean they should do it, and that doesn't mean we should watch them. Like the Lion King Probably live action. Like, yeah. yeah, let's not even get on that soap opera again. <laughs> I want to boycott that. It's still grieving over Mufasa's yeah. death. I'm just okay now with it. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I, I'm I'm I checked out from the from the live action thing. I think you can you can only take so much, and then you're desensitized. You know, I'm just glad just Sophia like, okay. Coppola got out. When she could, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, she started production for for her own little thing, so yeah. I'm so glad. mad respect, mad respect. Yeah, guys. Um, I think there was only two movie things that we want to talk about. Mm. That, or was it just the one? There was another one, a casting thingy. That right. Happened. Was it just that one? Yeah, just yeah. that one. Okay, so I was surprised by this. Mathis was not surprised. Not surprised. Yeah. But Amelia Clark was cast in the Han Solo movie. And Amelia Clark, for those who either watch Game of Thrones or don't, 
Uh, she is uh, Daenerys. She's also the lead in the new Terminator movie. If yes. that helps at all. Queen of dragons. Mother of dragons. She's the mother of dragons. Queen and of I'll the Dorthraki. Dorthraki. Oh my bad. Dorthraki. Um, I, I was surprised, and I'll tell you why. I w- a she was not. <laughs> I'll tell you why. She well, wasn't, she wasn't on the list of yeah. No, which it happens. I like, th- but the thing that surprised me is that you know she still has a few years of Game of Thrones left, and I was surprised that you know she was able to take on this like huge movie because I'm sure that she'll. I don't know if she's signing up for more than one, but what? it seems like a big commitment to do this big a movie and to have like the biggest show on tv right now she's on fire i was surprised game of thrones is she is almost on fire. Over. and she's amazing yeah they have like two she's, seasons excuse left. me what she's amazing you don't like her yeah amazing she's on fire she's, oh she's on fire in her career i think she's amazing in game of thrones okay i think she crushes it um, i mean good. in terminator she was meh but sir but i mean was it was a just a meh movie <laughs> yeah overall um, um no i think she well I'm I'm not super for the Han Solo film, but I do think she's gonna kick us in that because I do believe she's a good actress. Um, and yeah. plus, like Game of Thrones is about to be over. I know you don't agree, Mathis, but Game of Thrones is about to be over. <laughs> yeah, like you're gonna see all of those actors just birth out into huge film careers. Um, yeah, like, it only thing? takes a certain amount of time to film a season two, so she'll be done with a season, and then she'll have to right. I think time they're already like halfway through uh, shooting for the last season of Game of Thrones. Well, they have two more. They have this one coming out Do in the summer. Last season? Are they doing it all at once? Yeah, I think oh, I did well. read that. Yeah, I think they are doing it all at once. Because they're, they're smaller. Sad. They're smaller. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're smaller episodes. You know, I think it's, each season is going to be like seven episodes. Yeah. yeah. Instead of having like ten episodes, so I think they were just gonna shoot them all. So they're well, like, we're that done. makes sense. Yeah, because like all of the actors yeah. want to sign on to like other projects. I'm like, sure. After all this time, that's I mean, why poor Kit Harrington had to keep his hair. Kit like Harrington. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, poor the guy. reason why uh, Saber Dolan's film stopped uh, shooting was because Kit Harrington had to go back and shoot Game of Thrones. So they oh. say that again. Like uh, Saber Dolan. He is making a movie with Kit Harrington, and it's starring Jessica Chastain and basically everybody in the industry, even Adele is in that movie. Um, <laughs> it's funny because the poster is like, and introducing Adele, Adele. which is, which makes Adele's sense because it? it's the, yeah. yeah. As an actress? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Savior Dolan directed the Hopefully music. she plays a singer. Hopefully she plays herself. I think she's going to be playing herself. Because um, Xavier Dolan directed the the music video of um, "Hello" for Adele, so they Hello? Basi- yeah, it's me. <laughs> well, anyways, but they had to stop the principal photography for that movie because Kid Harrington had to go and I, do Game of Thrones. So I was super bored last night, and I started watching Seventh Son, which I don't. Why know would why. you do that? <laughs> I don't know why. Seventh, but anyways, why? Kit Harrington's in the beginning of it. Uh-huh. And he looks like Jon Snow. Like literally everything he's been <laughs> in since Game of Thrones like, started. Yeah. yeah. He's looked like Jon Snow. Pompey. Seventh Son. What was the other one? And there we're so more. thankful because it means he's not wearing a wig and it makes us happy. Yeah, that's definitely real hair. <laughs> yeah. That is real hair. That's definitely real hair. This cast Unlike is just you, ridiculous. Amelia yeah, Clark. It is huge. Do you know who Xavier Dolan is? He's like he's like a hot rising director, and his next film yeah. is probably going to be. He's probably, probably going to blow big, up because you know? I feel like this is the the 
first big not indie film he's gonna make because i can't like, wait till we can say that about mathis and you <laughs> <laughs> oh lordy anyways that was supposed to transition into uh, mathis being that a director was a good segue thank you um, the, the reason why I'm in Mexico is because we You're just. You're in Mexico. I'm uh, yeah. Yeah. Anna lives in Mexico, and that's where I am right now. Hola, cómo estás? Me llamo Juan. Bienvenidos. Bienvenidos a hola y adiós. Sí. Anyways, uh, so you guys are in Mexico. You guys finally got to shoot your short film after the fiasco that was. The in last September. Time, yeah. yeah. Thank you so um, much, Rain. Mathis still has his passport. Thank God. Yeah, I just checked um, right before this podcast, actually. And very, I was like, there it is. It's very funny because the moment he walked into Mexico, I was like, do you want me to keep your passport? Yeah. Because we learned. We learned. You learned hard. It's amazing um, how that kind of experience scars you because I literally check my I can pockets, only imagine. my bags, where my, my stuff is constantly. I'm constantly afraid that something's gone. Yeah, it's gonna take years for that to rub off, or maybe it shouldn't rub it off may at all. Never. I don't yeah, think it should. Yeah, I don't know if it ever will. When you're traveling somewhere outside of your country, I think you should always. Oh, even in LA, mindful. like I check my pockets more often. <laughs> I check the car more often. It's. it's you're gonna turn into this OCD person that's like checking the locks and uh, windows and. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And your closets. Not stepping on the third the step when I go up the stairway. Yeah. Hey, that's important. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, but you guys finished shooting. Yeah, like, this is post shooting. <laughs> yeah, we finished yesterday. Yeah, it was um, a four day shoot. We started on Tuesday. We Tuesday. shot through till Friday. Um, it's like twelve hour days every day. Twelve hour days. We had everything with exteriors, every single one, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's a desert film, so it all takes place out in the middle of nowhere. As you can imagine, that comes with a a large logistical setup and strategy to make um, that happen if you Mathis hates this comment but if you've seen the revenant this is like production not it's not the, the story but it's, it's like baby revenant it's like baby revenant right. region four you know uh, region four revenant, revenant yeah, yeah. Region, yeah. Four, region four revenant, revenant. um <laughs> just because of like for example on day three we were out on top of a mountain shooting we had to climb it looked sick let me tell you it looks amazing but, but we, we made the whole crew and cast climb up a mountain with to equipment shoot. and yeah but then was, we, was it like lord of the rings when everyone's like walking on mountains yeah, that's all i could think crew, about the crew kept um <laughs> making references like this is just like lord of the rings and we're like yep yep we're in middle earth and it was it it was very funny because since we had to trail all the way up and base camp you know what we we can't get like a freaking bin all the way up to a mountain. So every single time we would cut to, to lunch or something, everyone would be like, we have to go down yeah. and go up again. What? So, Ugh. yeah, it was it was definitely, uh, uh, I was exhausted after we wrapped because our last scene was an underwater scene. So um, our cinematographer had to like dive five meters below to get the shot and yeah. Uh, there was just so many like different little things uh, about having an all exterior film. You know, I love how Anna talks like, "Well, I was tired. Like she was the only person tired on the set. Like it, it wore me out." I'm which sorry. Is, which is quite the surprise to all of us. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we're all rested. Yeah. No, I'm not saying Matt has worked so hard. Um, he is a great director, you guys, and this film <laughs> looks awesome. 
and I'm not just saying this because he's right next to me. Like he really, truly is a great filmmaker and storyteller, and he was a great leader on on set. Like, yes, he, he is. He was so professional, and he he just <laughs> <laughs> he's fist bumping in the air. John is just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, My he boy. Was who am i (laughs) you know we know with every single department because like you know as a producer once you step in on set like kind of like the roles reverse it's like everybody used to like respond to you but once you're on set it's like you don't matter anymore let's go to the director um he just handled that with such grace and poise and the film looks bad and i'm so like um, I cannot wait until we finish post-production to share with the world. I'm yeah. sure you guys are going to be hearing about that whenever, you know, we release yeah. it and all, all that fun stuff. But Of course. It just, it took us so long to make it by... It took us a long time. It, yeah, we could have made a feature by, by now, but... <laughs> I mean, That's true. God yeah. only knows why, why things happen the way they do, but I feel like it was just such a wonderful ex- experience to make this film the way it was made and everybody yeah. who had to be in in the film was in the film you know we had i think like three different cinematographers four yeah. four different we had four cinem- different cinematographers before we got to uh yeah. the guy who shot our film who by the way is an incredible cinematographer andres sorberto and it just it at at the moment you know when whenever uh a previous cinematographer would leave the project of course we would be very upset but once we got to 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 shoot and once we got to see our current cinematographer in action we were like okay yeah this was a perfect choice so in a way everything worked itself out at the end um our actors were amazing as well they did a very good job yeah they were so funny to work with like it was just a very light environment uh it was funny because on, on day one i feel like uh, always the first day of shooting is the hardest because you're trying to get everybody in the rhythm and in motion mm-hmm. and, and getting the momentum. So <laughs> it was kind of fun because um, on the scene, like in our movie, our main character is a very wealthy uh, banker. So we had a Jaguar, a really nice sports car, delivered to set, but the driver got lost. So we were kind of just waiting for this Jaguar to lost. show up. <laughs> yeah. he was partying yeah. too hard he was partying too hard with that right. crazy car um, so we were just kind of waiting for this really nice car to get on to location you know and the car finally gets there an hour and a half late and we're all like really pissy at this moment right because we've been waiting for this car um, the car gets there I kid you not five minutes later it starts pouring rain and you're like god damn like there's nothing I can do like, about of this of course yeah, so yeah. we just had to sit in for like another what, two hours? Was it two hours? Or less? Mm, it was a little less, but it was hard. Yeah. So the first I don't know what time means when you're on set. It's just a time blur. doesn't exist, unfortunately. The only thing that exists is hey, you're running out of time. Move faster. That's the <laughs> only exactly. time on set. We're losing light. Yeah, <laughs> that no, was us. That yeah. Was that us. <laughs> the thing about you know. Uh, Emmanuel Lubezki made it so easy to shoot on natural light. You know, he made everyone believe, oh, yeah, shoot on natural light is the best. It's so easy. 
It's Emmanuel Lubezki is he a... He did The Revenant, by the way. He did The Revenant. He's people. a Mexican cinematographer. He's like one of the most important cinematographers working he right won. now. He's won two Oscars in a Three. row. Three Oscars in a row. Yeah. <laughs> Three. It's not a big deal. Not a uh, shot Birdman. Shot The Revenant, like John said. He, shot Children of Men. Shot uh, everything. Shot Gravity. Basically every, every Terrence... <laughs> Shut your damn mouth. What is with these jokes right now? You're the worst. Uh, um, but basically, uh, one of his I'd styles, high-five you if you were here. One of his styles is just using natural light. So I feel like everyone, especially after The Revenant, which looks amazing, was like, oh, yeah, let's use natural light. And our, our DP didn't want to, like, it's not like he wanted to use all natural light because he wanted to be, like, like Chivo, like Emmanuel Lubezki. It's just that for the, for the type of film we were making, it worked. But it's really hard because sometimes you're in the middle of shoot and a cloud would just, like, you know, pass by. And you're like, okay, we got to wait for this cloud to shoot. And there's nothing you can do about it. You know, just got to wait. Or random, like, the first day on Tuesday, I think that the chance of rain was like 10% or 15%. And we got that 15%, you know? Um, Hard. So it's just, it's one of those things that you're like, well, I can't fight off nature yet. Kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So it's just, it's learning how to be patient and learning how to adapt. I think that's the, the biggest thing about making a movie is learning how to adapt with the circumstances that are happening. Um, right. And honestly, our crew was so hardworking. You know, none of them complained about the fact that we were going on top of a mountain or that we were climbing down into a crater that looked like the moon and it was just like a white light bouncer. So it was super hot. Um, <laughs> you know, whenever we had to work super, super fast to make up for the time lost uh, by Mother Nature, none of them, you know, complained about it. They were all just kind of going and going and going. So I think that was like that's what i take away because not only did i learn a lot from producing the project and the pre-production but also by you know having the opportunity to work with amazing humans yeah the the thing about this film is that the reason why me and anna are even friends and (laughs) colleagues is because we wanted to make this film I, i think we've said that in the past on the podcast but um it's it's been a long time in the making, and like I said before, it's in Mexico. So we ha- we were doing a co-production in the sense that the talent uh, was American. I am American. The screenplay is in English, but the crew, other than me, was all Mexican. So it was really interesting, actually, to be watching Arrival right now because language has been on my mind heavily because... You know, one of those things that Anna was talking about in terms of patience and, and grace and and time on set and working through obstacles, like, language is incredibly, in, incredibly challenging as far as, um, you know, just dealing with uh, a work environment and trying to have patience. And it was, it's just, it just created like a new awareness for communication on set and and it definitely put me and a lot of other crew members to the test. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. And another thing is I, it's so funny because I feel like if we would have released this film when we wanted to like a year ago, mm-hmm. uh, because of the political environment happening right now, it wouldn't have been as powerful because I do feel like 
I, I, I mean, maybe in a romantic way, but having a co-production between Mexico and the U.S. in times like this one, you know, where yes. there's a bunch of hate and fear of what Trump might do or may not do. Um, I just think it's powerful to have that union come together to make something beautiful like a film. So yeah. um, that's another thing that I really, really liked. And it was just a blast, honestly, even though there were times, you know, like like in every production that you're just like, I hate everybody. Nobody talked to me. Like, why am I still here? It's our number 12 and I just want to go to sleep and call time is at 4 a.m. tomorrow. Um, at the end of the yeah. day, you know, when we were all rapping and hugging each other and I mean, we cut cake because I'm that producer. I bring cake to every rap. Good. She brought a cake. I brought a cake she with the name of the, the film. the cake. Classic. Yeah, I brought cake because I'm that producer. Um, everyone was just very thankful that they were a part of this opportunity. Our, our staff, our camera, our camera staff, they were incredibly amazing. <laughs> like... Yeah you would just see them carrying them like super heavy lights and yeah, poles and sandbags and they were just like not complaining they were just like yes sir no sir yes ma'am no ma'am and i was like oh my god everybody should oh. be like this um so it was it, it really was an amazing experience it know. was yeah so what would you guys say is the biggest thing you took away from this experience because you know this is mathis's first kind of film in a sense of doing it non for school or for i guess you've done some other you've done like music videos and stuff but um you know it's like your first big yeah short film big. Yeah. yeah and it's like like uh, your first like professional shoot i guess i could say so right well you, you know what i mean yeah i don't i don't know what my biggest takeaway would be it's I just you can never plan too much that's that's the one thing that i would say because but even then it what from what i've heard from you guys it's like you can plan all you want but there's still these extraneous factors that could still put yeah. you back it's hours and that's days very true yeah months yeah. if you take in the tsunami you know <laughs> yeah. cyclone cyclone it was a cyclone oh, yeah, you're tropical. close though might be in a tropical might storm be. and oh, a okay. tropical storm yeah um, Close enough to a tsunami, though. I guess, like, yeah. for me, I would say never underestimate the power of your story. Because when we first created this, like, when we first had that first FaceTime call, because we actually didn't meet before this project, like, we just yeah. Skyped through the six, seven first treatments of of the film. Um, I remember telling Matt this, and I ne it never gets to me telling this I was like I want to do something small you know not you know just I don't want that many characters just something simple and now when I look at what the shoot was when I have time to take it in I was like this was not small at all you know um, just having a crane in there having an underwater scene um, having a, a drone in there, uh, freaking Jawar. It looks so good. Um, <laughs> I believe it. You know, bringing in like people from other country to shoot, having a professional cinematographer in there. Like there were so many different variables that I was like, this is not as, how, this is not as small as I picture it to be, but it's way better, you know? Um, and I feel like because we were able to 
adapt and remake it and, and had the time to really rebuild the story how we wanted it to be, we were able to add all these different components and hmm. and just not not think about like, oh my goodness, we're making this big movie with all this equipment and all these things and because we're pretentious filmmakers, but it was more like, <laughs> how can we tell this we story? We are. Oh yeah, totes. I know. Um, no, it was more <laughs> like, how can we tell this story right? What feels right? What location speaks to us? What what type of shot will communicate what we want to say? How can we establish this? And I think that alone uh, kind of took away any barrier that I could have put to myself or Mattis could have added to himself. And we went with it, with whatever felt right in our gut. So It is really hard to answer that question, you know, like this. Yeah this close to rap my yeah, brain is still sure like oozing of... out of my ears but I, like you were about to say i'm sure that uh okay. there will be so many lessons well, that start popping up as i as i mean i, I think just the whole experience it. in general was just a really really neat thing to have just the whole of process course. of casting and doing you know the I don't, you call them treatments and the storyboards mm-hmm. and just putting it all together and working with so many different people yeah. um i yeah. mean I think just the experience as a whole probably or all those little experiences put together you probably just learned a lot about what it means to you know be a producer and be a director and what you know what your roles should look like and what you can do better next time what you should carry over to next time of course yeah Yeah, definitely and I feel like um, it was just very I guess for a producer it was very sweet to literally help this from zero you know because both of us came up with uh with the story we 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 worked through it i saw mathis do all the rewrites we kind of talked about like the different beats and sometimes as a producer you don't get to do that it's almost like you you just find a script that you really liked or you know somebody is like okay can you help me make this happen Mm -hmm. so for me to be able to just out of the blue with a complete stranger back in the day Mm -hmm. be like yeah let's make a film and it i just want to communicate this but we had literally no idea what the story would be um it was just very very sweet and amazing there's no there's no like social art like film because it requires so much of so many people and it's such a community based experience that it uh if you like meeting new people, if you like learning more outside of yourself, if you like uh, banning together to make something happen, like that's one of the really awesome things about film that you don't really um, get to experience in a lot of other different uh, places. Like, there's not two people working on a single canvas for you know like a painting. It's not, it's right. not like that. And yeah. I think that's an allure that wasn't there for film for me until a little bit later because I I feel like I, I gravitated towards it, but it's one of those things where you do it more and more and then you realize like, wow, uh, the people are such a important part of this. It's yeah. it's the, the things that you get to do with other people when you make a movie. And then right. and then you you know, you, you like work together with people and then you get to like uh, show it to more people and you get to see like how does it how does it work for people what do they mm-hmm. take away the like case. whenever they yeah. experience a story and I mean with this film in particular I've heard so many different theories on what the story actually means and that I mean 
that's another one of those element where like uh, elements where people are taking it in and saying different things about it and that's kind of falls under the same umbrella of just what film is to like a, a mass you know to like a lot of people for sure and i would like i would say to me it's the closest like make getting a movie made it's the closest thing i've seen to a miracle you know it is a miracle <laughs> because right. um there's just so many things that need to happen and that need to work at the same time and i'm not just talking about financially or in a material way but just so many people have to put their heart and soul and passion at the same time to make something happen yeah. that if one person is off it's like an orchestra like you could tell you could catch it so whenever you're able to do a scene or a shot completely well i think that's a miracle you know so yeah. i mean it's a beautiful experience definitely um if anybody listening you know wants to make a film i think just go ahead and do it like you know, we when I approached Mathis, I didn't have the funding for the movie. I didn't have anything. I didn't even know how it was going to get made. And it was just out of the passion of, like, let's do this. And now look at us now. Here it's we still are. very weird to be on the other side of it just because it was so long coming. And and nothing, nothing that you see at this point was ever set whenever we started. And it's, it's just very interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. It's very different. Yeah. And plus, I feel mm. like with modern filmmaking especially with our generation where we have like so many resources available like like a digital camera or everybody has like or knows somebody that's a dp or that can do the sound it's just i honestly think you should just go ahead and do it because like matt just said nothing was set in stone and it was just more like okay what do we need we need a camera okay let's exactly. approach yeah. canon and see if if we can do this okay we need a car, let's approach Jawar and see like what we can work out. And it's just finding the things that you need. And I think that for me was very, very awesome for just seeing something be lifted up from the ground from completely like negative 30, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was, it was definitely, uh, it's one for the books. I cannot wait until we, we get to edit it and, and do all the fancy, smushy stuff for the film. Yeah. And by next year, it'll be out. And let's see what people have to say about it. You know, I feel like once you make a film, it's, you just put it out there and it's like, that's it. What do you guys right. think? So it's going to be fun. Honestly, I'm just glad that I was able to do this with Mathis. I honestly can't think of any other director that this project would have worked with. Because um, you need somebody who's who has a level of patience that Mathis had on set to be able to to mm. make a movie like this because it was so physical and it was so... Um, Mathis looked surprised. He was like... Hmm. <laughs> well, if he was panicking, I didn't notice. So oh. um, I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> I've gotten really good at laughing at panic. It's very... I, I know. It's like slightly psychotic, but uh. it's important. Like when the passport went missing, I laughed when... I, and when I a was, bunch of fires freaking out like yeah she's freaking out i mean when I was like, he lost <laughs> like, I was like <laughs> why are you laughing and he was just like because this is so funny and i'm like i don't see it yeah. um but and, yeah. and when things went wrong on set or or like right before we were about to shoot i would just start laughing and i said f a few times audibly because i do talk to myself i said a few <laughs> times audibly I too. yeah i know you do <laughs> <laughs> 
Audibly, I said, uh, this is such a learning experience. Wow, we, you know, like, I was just talking to myself. I'm losing my mind slowly. But the thing about filmmaking, if you're if you're really into it the way that me and Anna are, is that the only thing worse than making a movie is not making a movie. Yeah. So you'll take anything. You'll take part of my French, but you'll take all the shit that comes with that. Like, um... Honestly, I don't even think you you're allowed to like let your body feel whenever something goes wrong <laughs> on set. Like after after we wrap, I was literally like I had a panic. I was like, oh my god, what just happened? Um, because I feel like if you just wait and let it all sink in, you're never gonna make the movie. You're probably gonna be stuck in there crying for two hours, and yeah, those are two mm-hmm. two hours you could have been shooting two scenes. Yeah. Or three. It, it's one of those things too, where like when you're at this point in it, like you just crossed the finish line, you're like. I don't want to do that again for another year. But then you get away right. from it for like two months and you're like, what are we going to do next? Like you have to figure mm-hmm. out the next thing. So it's just, I mean, everybody, maybe not everybody that works in film, but almost everybody that I talk to who does this type of crazy shit has the exact same reaction where they're right. just like, film is the hardest thing that you can possibly ever think of doing. And I don't know why, but I keep going back and doing it. You just... You're just throwing yourself into a tidal wave that's trying to kill you, and you're you're like, this sounds great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's how it is. So hopefully we we get to do more projects together. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm sure you will. Um, And hopefully whenever Chess Remain is out, we get to... That's the name of it, people. Sorry, we have not referred to the name yet. It's called Just Remain. (laughs) It's called Just Remain. We can say it now because it's been shot. (laughs) Yeah. I was very like... um, I remember I used to tell Matt this. We cannot say the name until it's shot. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. Well, I remember saying that. And I was... Awkward turtle. Well, I was just very like, until it's shot, we shouldn't reveal the name. Just because you never, <laughs> you never know what's gonna happen, you know. And then people would ask, "Hey, so how's just remain doing?" And you're like, "Yeah, we might retitle it in post. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, maybe we'll title it the the Mattis film, or something. There you go. That'll really draw the crowds. Oh, it'll draw them all in. Because they're gonna be like, "What's the Mattis?" I made a lot exactly. of jokes where I was like, "Well, at least I'm a heavy hitter, and that makes things happen on this project." You know, like you got a big name like me attached. So right. Whew. Thank God for that. Oh my gosh! Oof. Kidding Glover. people, kidding. Yeah, good things. I think they get it. Good yeah, things you don't know. <laughs> like our grandpa, cool stuff, right? Um, anyway, moving on. So that was just remain, guys. Um, it's been fun. It's been a fun one. So there's a topic that I wanted to tell you guys about and to get your opinion on, because I think that it has a bigger topic to talk about. And I'll tell you about it. So my mom sent me this <laughs> article and it was, yeah, please. Por favor. Um, and it was about this boy with autism went to go see Santa and the boy told Santa or asked Santa, am I going to be on the naughty list because I have autism? Um, and this, obviously this story hits really hard with me because I work with kids with autism every day. Right. Um, yeah. And so how Santa responded is why it's like this article going around because Santa said like, of course you're not on the naughty list. It's okay to be you. And I thought, a, that's just a great thing to tell this child, but also B that's a great thing just to tell everyone 
like not even just this boy about hey every, i keep doing like a and b points <laughs> i'm like i'm like a um, at least you didn't go every, a and two you know yeah exactly but i do i think every kid needs to hear this that it is okay to be you and i don't think that we tell kids enough that it's okay to be themselves and b i don't think we tell adults that <laughs> as well and that's what i wanted yeah. to bring to you guys because not only do i think we need to tell kids with autism but i think we also need to broaden that to um kids with other um disorders like bipolar schizophrenia all those things that in our society are looked down upon and people are scared of but really it's and i'm not comparing them to autism like that but what i'm trying just to say is that it it we should be saying that statement to everyone that it's okay to be them no matter who they are and no because it's just it's just who they are and also just in this political time also kind of expanding that to religion and to you know just those basic human rights like lgbt um i don't remember any of the other ones race like all those things um and that some people will say that it's okay for you know this child with autism to be who they are but then you look at this kid with bipolar and we tell them that it's not okay to be you and there's kind of just this disconnect i feel like between what we think is okay and then we look at someone else that is just a little different but we and we tell them that it's not okay to be them um and so i wanted to get your guys's perspective on it because i don't know i don't think i'm okay with it you know i I think that for some reason we have these weird walls around different things in our society that we can't allow ourselves to be generous enough to tell people that it's okay to be you even if we're uncomfortable with what you know with who you are you know we're comfortable with a kid with autism because you know they're sweet and you know really precious but you know the kid with schizophrenia we're uncomfortable with that and so we say it's not okay to be you you need medication which i mean they do (laughs) but i mean like you know you need medication (laughs) and you need to you know not be who you are you know what i mean yeah yeah Um, yeah for sure yeah sorry <laughs> you always do it like a deep a while. yeah you always do that deep exhale after you do really heady topics you're like yeah <laughs> i think because i forget to breathe yeah, yeah. Um, and i i just i feel so sad for some people who you know i think i feel i feel the pain for people too much you do yeah no. i think this is a great topic because it is one that we will eternally wrestle with. I want to say that before we yeah. get into it. And that's why it's a perfect topic for our podcast because you can't, yeah. you can't love to figure contradict this ourselves. one out. Yeah, yeah, we love to contradict and, ourselves. And saying that, we obviously all have had these moments where we are judging someone based on who they are, you know, what they have. And we're not saying we're perfect, yeah. but we're recognizing that there's yeah. this disconnect and we want to talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, I, I think we... I might have mentioned it the first time I was on the podcast, but humans are super hypocritical towards mm-hmm. each other, you know? Because even if, um, like what you were saying, we're okay with something, then we see something that's, that doesn't resonate with us or makes us uncomfortable. We're like, uh, never mind, not anymore. So it, it's so important to really uh, like embrace who you are, but also validate other people into who they are because humans are social beings like that's why we love social media so much because we need constant validation on our identity and on who we are whether we like to admit it or not so 
it's it's definitely sad to see people who have a mental disorder or who just have a different preference or something like that feel like they don't belong or feel like they're doing something wrong by just being literally who they are or who they were wired to be um i mean talking from my experience like i i live with anxiety and for the longest time i was very like ashamed that i had constant anxiety in my life yeah and that i would even feel this way because if jesus you know loves me and if i'm a christian and all of this like why would i live with anxiety if my life is going to yeah. turn out great you know if, yeah, if god has a bigger purpose and a plan for my life why do i feel this urge of just, just worrying about things i don't know and the moment i embraced that that was part of my personality and who i was was a moment i was able to overcome anxiety like i'm not saying i don't feel it anymore but it 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 doesn't stop me like that's what i'm trying to say like the fact that i live with anxiety doesn't stop me anymore it doesn't prevent me from doing things that i need to do that's that i'm afraid of um and i think that's the key like of course whenever you're different or when you're um you know when you don't fit the mold it's scary and sometimes that may prevent you to reach your full potential but i feel like the moment you accept who you are it it stops stopping you <laughs> um so yeah that's my my take on this and i i do feel like um which i mean we saw it in arrival the moment we unite and the moment we accept who we are even if we're different um it's a moment where we can really truly do something great um so yeah I think it's tolerance. Like tolerance is key. You don't have to like something. You don't have to support someone. You just have to be okay uh, with the differences between other people. So, well, I think we're we're as a society we're realizing the importance of um, uh, self growth and self validation and self identity more than we ever have before. And this is. What I love about millennials is that they're they're pushing the societal uh, the goodness further than it's ever been pushed before. Like there's a certain definitely there's a certain justice that people have for humanity that has never existed before, and it's really powerful. And mental illness is one of those things where we are constantly making hurdles to to better understand it and to better uh, familiarize ourselves to better normalize not that not that it's like a normal thing to have a mental illness but it is a it is normal to to accept people despite their differences in that way you know like this is something that we're learning how to to live with in a different way and it's not and it's not the way that it used to be at all and thank God. <laughs> because it was so bad before you have something you're going to say. Yeah. And I think we've learned that, you know, we need to stop defining people based on one part of who they are, you right. know, like, yeah. and that's why like, we always have to watch like how we describe someone because like, I know just politically, like you don't want to say that autistic boy because the boy isn't just an autistic boy. He's a boy with autism. Yeah. And so I think that's something that we've also been more conscious of. It, it's same with like cancer. Like you, you say like that person with cancer, not like the cancer yeah. person, because the cancer is just a part of who they are. 
Yeah. It doesn't, you know, yeah. describe who they are as a full being. That's it's so just powerful. one little aspect of them. Um, um, and I think especially with mental illness, that's a huge aspect yeah. because yeah. there's such a stigma on it that yeah. people label you as, you know, this, this person with this mental illness and then they can't see any other part of you. That's, um, and that's I think that does correlate so with also right now, you know, just with the Muslim community, like we've put so much on them that, you know, we can't see anything past the fact that they, you know, are Muslim and that there's no other piece of them that we can see when really that's just, you know, a part of who they are. Um, well, yeah. well, two things I have to say to that is that this, one of the things that has helped me through all of this is like what, what I was saying, I think two episodes ago where the moment that you stop realizing that people aren't defined by, by those like little things and, yeah, and you think about them as a soul, it's a lot easier to, right. To, to take care of them in the way that you think about them and the way that you treat them. Uh, but also like, this is kind of what I was talking about with self, uh, identity in a way that we haven't seen it before. People are not identified by this one aspect of their life. People are, are so many different things. things. Like Michael Gunger was saying on last week's episode, it's people are like this thing and that thing. And you're made up by all these different ideas. And, and we, we really do entrap people on Mm -hmm. certain little elements of who they are. And like Anna was saying, it's, it's not so much that you have to be okay with those things, but, but they're people and people deserve to be treated like people. Exactly. Um, And there's so many other aspects of them that you can get to know. Like, yeah, sure. You may not like one aspect of who they are, but then, you know, get to know them in a different way and you'll learn to love them in that way you know exactly um, i'm gonna let anna talk but then i have the other side of the sword for this <laughs> that i'm gonna like just start slinging Great. around yeah thank you are a gem um for me Thanks. you're an emerald you're an emerald um <laughs> you're for me uh i went to manor school two summers in a row true story but one of the you things went to what school manners manners oh so i could be a fancy. real so i could be a real lady um no, all jokes is that a real girl. Um, no, they. One of the things, one of the few things that I actually remember from it, because I didn't really learn much. Uh, sorry, mom. Uh, was that they said if you you shouldn't comment on people or on or appearances on another human if they can't fix that in thirty seconds. Like you shouldn't make a comment. Oh wow! Like interesting. You know. Oh my goodness! Like you, you have that. Why? You know, unless it's like, oh, John, you have like something in your eyebrow. You know, like that you can easily clean off, or like, oh, Mathis, like you have an eyelash over here. You know, uh, but if you're like, you look tired, or you know, what do you, why do you like that? You look so nervous. Like that in manner school, they taught me that was considered to be unpolite. Um, which, if you, it might be a little bit too harsh of a rule to live by. But I think it's also. Yeah. Like you can use it to just kind of like measure yourself. Like, if there's right. something that that person can't change in the moment, then don't don't make a, a comment that just a little bit condescending to that that aspect of them. And I think at the end of the day, it's all about being gracious to people. It's all about really um, being okay with with the differences that's amongst us. And I think people have such a hard time because like Mattis was saying, for the longest time, it wasn't like that. And honestly, I pray to God that all, like the millennials and our generation 
actually accomplishes something meaningful and it's not just talking it's not just them i think we have waiting around um and and real quick side note i think that's one positive of trump being president is that i feel like if hillary would have won us millennials we would have been like okay now our person is in the white house we don't have to do anything but now that trump is going to be our president i know there's a lot of millennials that are like okay now we still have to keep fighting and we still have to keep working towards all those things that we want because you know the person in charge isn't going to help us and so it really empowers us to you know use the voice that we have which i don't think we would have used as much if hillary would have won. i agree we're very unactivated a lot of times we, yeah. no. i don't say the millennials are the are the, the greatest because of what i said before but you know like there there is a certain there's a certain advantage to that to the to the trump presidency where where things will be things will be put on people in a way that they need to realize like no matter who is in power doesn't affect you in certain ways that i think you're looking to be affected you know like it's it's not the president who's going to change your life in these in these uh circumstances that so many millennials are looking for plus uh, if you study history and and you go back and analyze like the biggest social movements they were not started by governments or political associations they were by groups of people who wanted to see something um change who wanted to see something done differently who needed acceptance for whatever cause they were going for so when i said about that that about millennials like I feel like our generation is really quick to like jump the gun and like want to speak That's up. That's for sure. But it just falls <laughs> out. Like it falls out. Like you know, it's all talk, but uh, rarely does it translate to actual actions, to actual walk the walk. You know. So I really hope that our generation and with everything happening, not only in the U.S. but in the world, um, right? We actually have the guts to do something about the things we don't agree with, not just post a meme or sign a change.org. Um, you know, I really do hope that we take the time to, um, if we are passionate about tolerance towards, you know, immigrants or, uh, the LGTB community, like we take the time to be that, you know, to be tolerant and to really showcase that. And I think we will, honestly, like, I really think that if there's something in the administration that they're going to try to change that, you know, we don't like, I really think that, you know, we will empower ourselves, which is great. And but what what were you gonna say about the opposite point? Yeah. So when you're when you're the boy with autism that sits on Santa's lap and Santa says that, that's exactly what Santa is supposed to say. That is right. Th- those are the words that he's supposed to use, and he is using them in a circumstance where I am totally endorsing it. But the other end of this of this argument is that in my mind. And this is why I say we wrestle with this. There are certain things that are not okay for people to be. And when we first started talking about this topic uh, before the episode started, the first the first thing that came to mind was neo-Nazi. Like, that's the first thing I thought. <laughs> I was like, no, it's not okay for me to tell someone that a neo-Nazi is allowed to be who they want to be. But and It's just, I feel like I totally get your point. But, like, for example, autism is something you are born with, you know? We're expanding it, though, for... Obviously, mental illness is something that I I will always say. You are, you know, you are the way that you were born, and that is not a bad thing. Yeah, like, you choose to become a neo-Nazi, you know? Or kind of like a rapist, like, you, you choose to be that. That's not who you are. 
Yeah, but you also you choose your religion. You exactly. Know? Yeah. And and and, and people who saying. are you know people who are racist will say that they you know um, they're not saying that it's a choice when you talk to them. They're saying no, whites just are the superior race. Like it's not. It's not like I'm deciding to believe that it's just true. You know what I mean? So it's not like But they're, they're deciding. Right. They're they're choosing to to believe that. Like that's what I mean. At the end of the day, I feel like those those things like that's the decision you make. Well, what do you say about religion though? Religion, yeah. it's still a decision. Right. Um So then it doesn't apply to the you are who you are argument. What do you mean? Like if someone's like uh a Muslim, then you can't say What's the what's the word Santa uses? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay to be you. It's, you can't use the same argument that it's okay to be you because that was a choice. That wasn't the way that they were born. Oh, okay. I get. I get. You know what I mean. I get where you're going with this. Sorry, I got a little lost and, in the way. Yeah. Found my way yeah. back. Um, I feel like in that case, like it's okay to be you, but as long as you are not damaging the life of others, like if mm. you know, like a neo-Nazi, a rapist, a. Um, a Muslim that that believes in the jihad or the holy war, they're the holy war. The, well, that's what they call <laughs> the it. Like yeah, they are gonna. That's what they call it. They are gonna damage someone else's life, and I think the moment you 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 come into that, John just gave me a fa- like uh, a look. Yeah. Well, let me let me reward that. Like you're affecting someone else. Like seriously, right. you're putting that other person's life in danger. Like. You know, if you choose to be a neo-Nazi, like, you're probably going to be treating or even killing uh, other person based on their beliefs or looks or whatever. If you choose to be a rapist, you're going to be affecting the life of someone else in a very violent way. If you choose to kill somebody in the name of your religion, whether that be Muslim, Christian, Catholic, whatever, um, you're still affecting someone else's life. And I think that, that to me, that's the line. <coughs> Um, that says, okay, it's not okay to be you anymore. I think I found a distinction. I think the there's the level of like your identity with something. So like your identity with religion is it's okay to be you, but the actions you take within it aren't necessarily applied to the same concept. Does that make sense? Sort of like so, what she was saying, right? Yes. But I think the the reason like when you talk about like the jihad and the holy war i feel like if we were to say like you know it's not i i i don't know I it's like just the crusades you know it's the same concept i think yeah well yeah. if you want to apply the same argument to christianity um is it okay to be a soldier because the bible says it's okay to be a soldier and to kill people in the name of a, a war for for um i would for the nation, then i would you know? say like i said it's okay to identify with the christian religion but the actions you take within it are i we can't apply it to it's okay to be because i feel like the thing it's okay to be you refers to your a part of your identity not necessarily actions you take within that identity okay um so that's something we'll have to think about yeah well then it's another thing where it's like i think that i think that we're on the right track with that i think so too um but if you're a racist and you're not you're not making any um you're not making any actions based on it, but you think that, you know, whites are the superior race, let's say. We'll just, I'll just keep going back to the white supremacists. That's an easy sure. uh, analogy. 
but as long as they're doing nothing with that with that um belief system that they have what do you say you know like i mean okay because then that you doesn't know? really correlate to like lgbt because i can see like the people saying like yeah it's okay for you to be gay but you can't like do anything with that those feelings you know like that's not correlating mm. to that population i think it's just it's very hard to try to put a blanket on it is You're on, right. on the topic because uh you're right like sexual sexual preference it's so different from a mental illness you know right. um and just like a mental illness is so different from religion or what you choose yeah. to believe in so i feel like if we try to put a blanket on it we're gonna go back to wait but what about this case and what about that i think yeah. um i mean if, if we try to put it in a nutshell it's just about tolerance you know at the end of the day it's about tolerating whoever is right next to you um <laughs> and well, thank you for tolerating me <laughs> yeah tolerate um and just tolerate. that was a really like hard stretch not gonna lie um i'm a, I'm a big person <laughs> And I'm a tiny human, so yay. Um, so yay. Yay. Um, it's just about tolerating the other one and being gracious. I think, and and I don't mean it from a Christian point of view, but I just mean it as a human point of view. Like grace is everything. Like if you have grace in your everyday life and you have comfort and ease with yeah. with other people and your patience, like because I feel like when you're gracious, like patience, tolerance, and all of the things follow. You know. Um, right. Because at the end of the day, like, and it's something we forget very often, I feel like. We forget we're all humans and that we are all flawed and that we're not perfect and that everybody has their own battles going on, um, which I get super existential when I remember <laughs> that we're all yeah. humans and we are all living really vivid and real conflicts in life. And um, we just have to yeah, keep that. You can't that think about that too much. Yeah, because you get in a bubble and you're like, what? Um, so it's just just keeping that in mind like next time me I feel like at least for me whenever I feel the urge to like judge someone else or be like eh, I don't like this uh, you know just kind of try to put yourself and empathize uh, with what the, uh, where that other person is coming from you know yeah my, my current philosophy on it and maybe this changes next year or next week I don't know but um that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. It's okay to be you. Thoreau said it. You know, Thoreau said, said what do you need to say? Well, yeah. Well, it's John Mayer, but... I, um... <laughs> <laughs> I, um... For me, and I don't mean this in a mean way, but I don't care what you want to do, you know? Like, that's what I would say to, to most people. I don't care if you are gay. I don't care if you are a Muslim. I don't care if you have a mental illness. And I say I don't care in the sense of like it does not affect the way that I think about you, or at least it shouldn't. Like that's that's where I strive to be. Right. You know, yeah. sometimes it does make me me think differently, and I have to catch myself. And I'm like, all right, the they right. are a soul. You know, like that's what I always come back to. Like, yeah, they are a human, the same that I am. Um, but I don't care unless you do something. <laughs> unless you do something. <laughs> Where you are, where you are hurting society right. or someone else, and then I'm like, "All right, well, now I care. That's wrong," and I apply yeah. that to, like, um, 
I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example of that. Like, I think politics I don't, is the greatest example for you because you are one of the few people um, or humans that I met that it's actually able to have a conversation about political stance and things like that without yeah. getting super angry and being like, I'm going to delete you off Facebook kind of right, thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care if it honestly, I don't care if somebody's a racist as long as they don't act on that, because that's something that we can't control. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I mean, I will, I will be the person that I want people to be in a certain way, you know, like in that, like Christ, like figure kind of way that Christ like figure kind of speech. And, and that's my way of like being what I, I want other people to be. But I mean, as long as you're not acting on your racism, I don't really care. And, you know, I, I can have a conversation, like Anna said, with people and with different political beliefs from me. And I don't care if you disagree with me. It's, it's just, I think the problem is whenever we try to change someone else. Yeah. Which you see a lot in politics. Like, you always try to, like, make the other person believe what you believe. And same thing with right. religion and same thing mm-hmm. with whatever stance it is. And it's just, dude, be be cool with the fact that we might agree to disagree, you know? Yeah. That's a really that's a really interesting point because at the end of the day, the chances of you actually changing someone with like, no, no, this is what I think. This is what you should think too. It's probably like one in 10. It's probably like one in 50, one in a hundred, yeah, something crazy. A like, I, it's very important to remember yeah. that when you when you face those differences like take a step back and go well i'm not gonna change them <laughs> like there's no yeah, way i'm gonna change right. them like, and come to peace with that because you're not gonna change somebody like for example um if mathis believes that chocolate's the greatest thing i know you don't but if he believes that and i'm trying to change that like i'm gonna have to try to change 23 years of him believing that or whatever or however much time he's been believing that chocolate is the greatest thing. You know, there's a reason why people believe what they believe, and there's a reason why people, especially re- with religion and politics and things like that, there's a reason why they're that way. Maybe it's their background, how they were raised, you know, whatever shortcomings or pains they, they've been through. So it's almost a little bit rude for you to go and be like, listen, yeah. honey, this yeah. is wrong. Whatever <laughs> you've been believing your entire life, um, it shouldn't be this way. When it's just coming from a point of pride, honestly, like mm-hmm. believing that what you what, what you believe is it's more prideful. Um, important or more relevant or more sophisticated than what the other person believes. So I think it's just agreeing to disagree should be like a thing. And <laughs> we always talk about on the podcast that we can learn so much from other people. Like yeah. it's it's weird that we're wired to always be like. I want to convert you to my beliefs and really we should just just be open to be like, let me just hear why you think this way and maybe I'll learn something. And even if I don't and I don't agree, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because I don't have to believe anything you're saying. I get to live the life I want. You know what I mean? We have such a hard time with that. We have such a repellent. We're just like, no, no. It's like, we just need to be open and like, just listen. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. And that's fine. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's so weird that we're wired that way. What we should automatically defensive. Yeah. I think it comes from like from school even like because even like in pre-K and kindergarten, like you're always faced even when they do like debates or like class discussions or things like that. It's always like uh, 
you're right, you're wrong. And that's how we're <laughs> raised to be. Like, um, from, the very, from the very beginning, it's always like, this is right, this is wrong. There's no in between. There's no, okay, like, it could go either way. It's not like, this is what works and what could work better. And I think right. that's such a huge part of our, our society, just that, that whole, this is wrong because I say so and because this is how it's always been and how it should be. But there's no real, there's no real reason why it's wrong, you know? Um, I want to say okay. that it, I, I keep thinking of the term red flag. It's not red flag, but I think people really need to, to stop and check themselves if they ever are trying to change someone like you need to stop and be like i'm trying to change someone like where is my mind in doing this you know like why do i want to change someone what is it that's making me like uh act in this way and i'm not gonna blanket statement this but i think in most circumstances you're just gonna have to back away from that and know that number one you can't change people for the most part, very, very rarely can you change someone. And number two, you you kind of shouldn't want to, you know, like it's just not, right. it's not something that you should uh, act like you have that absolute thing yeah, all the time. <laughs> like what do imagine, we know at the like, end of the day? Just imagine how boring life would be if we all believed the same things. Right. Or like your circle yeah. of friends. Like I think that's what makes friendships and relationships so much more interesting and rich um it's just those differences those like huh like for example i like matt is not great friends but he doesn't believe in, in in climate change or global warming and i and i completely believe in that i'm i'm a huge supporter of that but that doesn't way mean. to out me on this podcast <laughs> i mean everybody knew it already Mathis. you don't, don't have worry, to hide we'll it we'll get there eventually but yeah. it's just like it's one of those things that that's not going to stop me from being his friend. You know, I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, you you don't believe in climate change. I hate you. you know, it's just dumb. It's like, well, why? We actually talked about it um, over breakfast the other day, and it was interesting just to hear both sides of, of the argument. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, there's there's several things. It's nice to it's nice to know someone so. Uh, deeply i guess deeply intimately yeah I intimately like the way that i know y you and the, uh, john and the way that i know anna i can i've gotten to a place where i i know the hot spots where i disagree with both of you and i'm so yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. i'm i'm glad to like have uh friendships where i can you know like where i can be that way and That's both of you are not not my friends because of those things. Right. And I can be in a place where I can actually talk about those things with people and it's totally okay, you know. I think that's huge. Uh, I think that you hit- Huge. Huge. Um, huge. You, if, you shouldn't wrong. just go up to wrong. <laughs> you shouldn't just You're go up puppet. to like, <laughs> you are That's the That's your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> You're the puppet. Um, <laughs> I I think you need to know who to talk. Uh, President confrontation. I, I wouldn't say. <laughs> oh God, not confrontation, but like you need to know who who you can be open about discussions or different point of views. Because like right. I know, like if I talk about something that you guys don't agree, like 
because I know you guys, I, I know you wouldn't take it personally. But if it's just somebody you, yeah. you know, or maybe not like a really good friend or like an in-law or something like that, then yeah. you probably... It's almost like pick your battles. And battle's yeah. the wrong word to use because it insinuates like a fight. Yeah. But like Which pick your discussions. <laughs> yeah. You know, like if you know the person in front of you is not going to listen and they're not open to having a discussion, it's kind of a one-way street. Just don't do it, you know? Or just yeah. politely be like, eh, you know, it's not worth it. Yeah. And try to find try to find people where you can have those conversations with because it's going to teach you so much about the world and it's healthy and it's not like uh it's not like you need to <laughs> yeah exactly like sweat? yeah it's uh it's not like you need to to have, have those friends so that you change like i'm not right. saying like you're gonna need that to change because that's obviously not what we're saying at all because that's the wrong spirit about this whole thing but you need those people around you to put your own ideas to the test to understand yeah. why people believe the things that they do and and it's something that will eliminate your pride spirit and you'll be forever thankful yeah. for even in those moments of frustration because yeah. you don't want to live in a bubble like if you just hang out mm -hmm. and associate with people that believe the exact same things that you do that's just gonna keep you in a comfort zone your entire time you know so it, i think it's key to have those those people in your life i love like for me and i i don't want this to get like misinterpreted or anything, but um, like the friends and the people that are in my life, I always try to have people that are gonna teach me something I don't know. Like always have that uh, spirit of learning and just mm -hmm. seeing what you can learn from this human. Um, because humans are, uh, every single person or you meet, it's a complete different world. And they see the, the, the same world through different eyes. And there's so much you can learn from that. I, I firmly believe that. Yeah. Well, I think we hit a lot of things this episode. A lot of good things. Um, you know, there's certain discussions yeah. that you can kind of just feel that like it's going to resonate with some people. And I feel like this will, this last conversation, because I think it's important that we talk about these things because I don't think people really talk about them. Um, and I'm glad that we got to do it together. Yeah. As Anna gets on her phone. Yeah, absolutely. She's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally, like, yeah, for never. sure. Where do like rat me out, you guys? I honestly had a lot of fun. I'm sorry. I'm a producer. <laughs> I mean, you called me out, so you deserved right. it. Right. Wow, rude. Not. <laughs> um, thank you so much for having me on, you guys. You know, I'm like your biggest fan. That's the first one. You know we're fans of you. <laughs> yeah. That was a little bit creepy. Not gonna lie. Um, no, that's, that's his specialty. angle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You know, you know, you guys are great. I love. You know, you know. Hello and adieu. It's such a treat to be the guest after Gunger. It makes me feel kind of right. cool. Not gonna lie, a little bit kind of cool. Um, and thank you, thank you, you both for having me and for having great awesome and thoughtful conversations yeah i hope everyone enjoyed this episode if uh you guys want to be a part of the discussion you can email us at hello and to do at gmail.com and we will discuss anything that uh that pikes our taste buds in in the intellectuals and if you want to tweet at us about our episodes or about things that you want us to talk about you can do that at hello and to do and um, that's H-E-L-L-O-A-N-D-A-D-I-E-U. If you like this podcast, you should rate, 
subscribe and review it on iTunes and it'll help other people find it and we would Do appreciate it. that a lot. Yeah, like Anna said. Until next time. Yes, adieu to you and you. <laughs> Bye. Adieu. Later.